mom, now we can have chips and soda and candy and cookies, mom, they're organic. That means they're good for us. Hi, I'm Maria, otherwise known as the Fit Foodie. I'm a chef, holistic nutritionist, author, inventor, and mom. And I wanna welcome you to my podcast. It's called Recipes for Your Best Life. And with every episode, I'm peeling back the onion on fitness, nutrition, health, wellness, and family. The truth is you're the chef of your life. And for every important pillar, there's a great recipe worth sharing. So every week we'll explore them together. Think of it as food for thought that you can really sink your teeth into. So join me and let's squeeze the joy out of this life because you only get one. Can I get a fork, yeah? I started my career in the natural foods industry about 26 years ago. I know I'm totally dating myself right now, but yeah, it's been a couple of lifetimes. Um, And when I started, I worked for an iconic chain of natural food stores called Alfalfa's Markets in the epicenter of holistic living, which is Boulder, Colorado. And back then, I was the editor for our monthly magazine called Healthy Choices, where we tackled real issues around food safety, you know, sustainability, um, obviously cuisine, because that's what we were all about. But it's where I really got to dive into issues around things like irradiation and pesticides and what a carbon footprint meant and chemical additives and the term organic. And back then the phrase was just being defined. It to me was a post-World War II resurgence of embracing the land after years of industrialized farming for fast growing and really inexpensive food. And over time, organic became synonymous with health and sustainability. You know, foods raised without the use of synthetic pesticides and fertilizers, added antibiotics and hormones and chemical additives. I mean, that is the very definition of organic. So it wasn't long before manufacturers jumped onto that bullet train because that was a big, big dollar opportunity. And as the organic category began jumping in double digit sales, the only category jumping in double digit sales, you better believe that across every aisle, you'd see a sea of organic products. And now the organic seal is pretty much a daily thing. You see it emblazoned across labels everywhere in your grocery store, from produce to pancake mix, chicken to chocolate, even potato chips, candy, cake mix, and cookies. So it begs the question, does organic always equate to healthy? Now, organic farms require a USDA certification, a USDA certified organic certification, and it takes about three years. During that time, those farms are considered transitional because there's transitioning basically from the use of chemical fertilizers and pesticides to organic approved pesticides. Let me repeat that. Organic approved pesticides. Organic does not mean that there are no pesticides used. I think this is a very, very misunderstood phrase 
there are over 400 different pesticides that are approved for organic cultivation. And the truth is not all of them are great for the environment. For a small farm, the expense of going certified organic can come at a really prohibitive price tag. And while they may not be certified organic, they could still be considered sustainable or locally grown or biodynamic and uphold high standards of growing practices. But because of the consumer surge in demand for organic foods, large agribusiness corporations have pulled up to the table in a big way. And in their effort to reap the benefits, they have threatened the existence of a lot of these small sustainable farmers and producers, making it really hard for them to compete. I remember when Whole Foods got blasted for carrying organic produce from China. And they defended their stance, stating that while China has had a number of food quality issues in the news, it does not mean everything grown in the entire country is unsafe. And although it may be organic and upheld to the highest USDA standards, organic foods can still carry a huge carbon footprint. You know, certified organic really has nothing to do with that piece. Foods can travel around the world and guzzle a ton of natural resources before they reach your plate. Now, organic meat farmers, meat producers, are required to use feed grown organically and are prohibited from administering livestock with added antibiotics and hormones. And I'm saying added because in certain cases they are allowed to administer antibiotics and hormones. Yet when it comes to animal welfare, they're only required to give animals access to outdoors with as little as an open door leading to a cement patio. You know, on the flip side, I have learned about sustainably raised meats such as venison from New Zealand that are grass fed outdoors year round on free range ranches without the use of hormones, steroids or growth promoters with just rainwater and sunshine nourishing, nourishing the pastures that the animals graze on without any environmentally expensive irrigation, waste disposal, or water table impact. They're just not organic by label. So the question is, would you buy those? At the grocery store, the sea of organic labels has literally exploded. And every year I walk the Natural Products Expo. It's one of the largest natural foods and products trade shows in the country, let alone the world. It takes place just up the street from me in Anaheim, California. And that show boggles my mind. It's actually coming up here in March and it has literally taken over Anaheim where it used to be contained in the actual convention center now has overflown into the surrounding hotels and conference rooms and restaurants and, you know, uh, hotel suites. I mean, there just isn't enough places for people to hold meetings and showcase their natural and organic products. But one day I was in the grocery store and I knew I was in trouble. 
because my little one was eyeballing the chocolate cream filled cookies and saw the organic label and said, mom, now we can have chips and soda and candy and cookies, mom, they're organic. That means they're good for us. Yeah, that's kind of a misnomer. We've been trained to adopt the idea that organic equates to healthy. But the fact is organic foods can still deliver a hefty load of refined sugar. I'm talking about white sugar, saturated fat, and empty calories, and can often come with their own significant carbon footprint. I mean, there's no denying that certified organic foods come from a good philosophical place, offering consumers like me and you alternatives to products that are loaded with artificial chemicals and preservatives. And when it comes to food choices, I mean, organic produce really takes care of the environment and the topsoil so that we have that soil to produce more and more food and that it stays loaded with those important nutrients. But there's more than meets the eye. And it really requires us to take a deeper look than what's on the surface of a label. So I want to give you a few tips to help you make sound decisions when it comes to scouring the grocery store. And let me tell you, every time you walk into the store or shop online, there is a lot to consider. And I want you to think beyond the organic label. I know I'm going to get a lot of backlash from this, but it's true. We can't judge a food just by the label, just like you can't judge a book by its cover. There are other things to take a look at. So here are a few top tips. Number one is read the nutritional panel. Even organic packaged foods can be filled with sodium, saturated fat, sugar, and other not-so-great ingredients that can wreak havoc on your heart and health. Just make sure to observe that total dietary percentage, percentage of nutrients being delivered in a serving. And you want to keep your daily intake of sodium to under 2,200 milligrams. And for women, you want to try and keep your sugar intake, your added sugar intake, to under 35 grams and guys under 50 grams. That really means taking a look at some of those energy drinks because even though it's organic, it can still pack 45 to 50 grams of sugar in one serving. And that's another thing. Take a look and see how many servings are actually in that food or beverage. Sometimes you'll find that even though it's one bottle, it's actually supposed to be two servings. Number two is ask where it came from. I mean, if you shop at a place where you're familiar with the people that work there and where the food comes from, don't be shy to ask them, where are your tomatoes from? Where is your lettuce grown? If they're not promoting that information actively. Evaluate how far they've traveled on the road to your store. You know, getting fresh, sustainable produce from a farmer's market can be a really good option, and you'll know that it's in season two, even if it's not marked certified organic. 
a lot of growers really work hard to minimize the use of pesticides because the truth is it's really expensive. So have that conversation with them. You may find that your organic shop is carrying produce from halfway around the world, which is not that green. Number three is look for farm stands. Knowing exactly where your food comes from can be as simple as making friends with a local farm stand grower. I love when I'm driving in a place and I'll see a local farm stand that is promoting their fresh produce or eggs and sometimes even meat. I mean, that way you know it hasn't circled the globe. It's coming from that locale, so it doesn't really get much fresher than that. And it's so fun sometimes to see how those foods are produced when you can take a tour of where they're grown right there in front of you. And number four is think about growing your own, even if it's just a little herb garden. I mean, we're coming up on spring, and spring is the time of rejuvenation, renaissance. Whether you have an expansive backyard or a windowsill or even a strawberry pot, Growing a garden of veggies or even just a little bit of basil will help you enjoy the fruit of your own labor. And that way you know exactly where your food came from. And there's pride in that. I'll tell you, there's a lot of pride in being able to grow something and see it come from a seed or from a plant from the ground and flower and produce. And it's something that you can then consume. And if you've got kids, this is just such a fantastic thing to get them involved in. My son goes to a Waldorf school and they have six gardens on their premise and they truly are organic gardens. And they produce everything from herbs to lettuces to fruit trees and enjoy the fruits of their labor in their little kitchen. And it's something that my son has always really loved. Gardening is a way for him to channel his energy. And he really does marvel at what comes from what he's planted and is way more likely to try it. And that's true. When they have a hand in it, whether it's the growing of it or preparation of it, they're always going to be that much more interested in trying it out. And hey, if they have an aversion to greens, grow a lot of, grow a lot of greens, would you? Grow a lot of spinach and see what happens. So that's what I know about the Big O. This podcast episode is in no means disparaging the true essence of organic. But when it comes to all of the packaged products out there, I just want you to think twice before you bite. And hey, my book is going to be out before you know it. Did you hear about it? I'm so excited. It's called Eat Like You Give a Fork. And I truly believe it's going to help save you time, save you money, and save your sanity. Because there's just so much confusion out there about all the diets. And by the way, why would you want to do anything that starts with the word die? You don't have to be paleo. You don't have to be vegan 100%. You don't have to be gluten-free 100%. You can just eat balanced foods that are nutrition forward, that provide you the full range of essential amino acids that you need every single day to thrive. And I show you how to do it in a way 
that is sustainable. It's eight unique strategies. And when you put eight on its side, it's infinity. And I do believe that these are strategies that you can eat and repeat to infinity. So check it out. I've got the link in the show notes. And if you pre-order your book, by the way, on Amazon, they won't charge you until they actually ship it. And if you enter your order number, also in the link that I give you in the show notes, you'll get my eight-week program for free. That's $149 value, y'all. And I'm going to show you how to get the most out of the book, one week for each strategy. And we get to do this together. I have figured out in my over 26 years in the food world that it doesn't take a lot to sustain sound practices. You just have to latch on to those good habits and keep repeating them. And I want to share I want to share how. So thank you for being here. I know you've got a lot of choices when it comes to podcasts, and I'm so glad you grabbed a seat at my table. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch, so it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot and share it on your social media with a hashtag RFYBL for recipes for your best life, I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.